Welcome to Sattva Himalayan Wisdom. This week on the Inquiry Sessions, Tommy Rosen joins to open the discussion on addiction and recovery from the Yoga Vedantic view. Thank you, Ananji, for taking the time so that we could discuss this maybe always relevant topic of addiction. My hope is that I can express a little bit about the history of modern day recovery and that we can reflect from multiple perspectives, the yogic perspective, of course, on how we have decided as a society to approach this issue today and reflect and explore some of the possibilities both philosophically and spiritually, also very practically in this approach. In some of the discourses I've heard you give, you've spoken about religious congregation, the roots and the beginning of religion or spiritual path, that very often there's a unique individual in the center who's had what you refer to as a satori experience very powerful and that person becomes extremely magnetic for a group of people to come and gather around that person and the teachings which come out of that satori experience. It's interesting and I wanted to mention to you that modern day recovery began with just exactly such an experience where one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill Wilson, found himself in the hospital for the third time. And he was being treated for extreme alcoholism. He knew when he left the hospital, he would drink again because he always had. And the doctors had understood his case and they had deemed it to be hopeless. They would treat him, get him back physically on his feet and then they would release him again as they had before. Bill Wilson tells the story of one night. The way he describes it, a white light suddenly filled his room. He lost track of time. All he remembers is a sensation of unbelievable warmth, peace came over him. When the experience ended and the white light subsided, he was left in that sense of peace. And there had been a download that came to him. And the download was, if I can somehow share my experience with alcohol, the struggles that I've had, we refer to it as, if I could share my experience, my strength and my hope with another alcoholic, it's possible the other alcoholic will become sober, but it's definitely for sure that I will. And this was the thread of modern, this was the seed of modern day recovery. That one person with a problem, speaking to another person with the same problem, could be enough to generate the power necessary to propel a person forward out of alcoholism. 
And he put this to the test and started speaking to other alcoholics. And after a few months, he found somebody that became the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, a man named Dr. Bob. Bill Wilson, who became known as Bill W. And Dr. Bob became the founding members of Alcoholics Anonymous on June the 10th, 1935, when Dr. Bob had had his last drink. And that's when they marked the beginning of Alcoholics Anonymous, that two people had succeeded. And they, in fact, they stayed sober till the end of their lives. And then they began to write and expand upon the, the 12 steps, and then that got put out into the world. So that's the creation story of modern day recovery. All of these different programs, Narcotics Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, uh, Al-Anon, Family Anonymous, many, many more, they have all adopted the 12-step approach to recovery, and it all came out of this one experience. I was wondering if you could reflect on some of those ideas from the yogic perspective. You see, in yoga, when we are looking at the scriptural history, there are Vedas are categorized as Shruti, as distinct from Smriti, Itihasa, Purana, Agamas. Shruti means as revealed, or as heard, or as cognized not as put together by thought. Yes, not uh, reached through thinking, analysis, but rather a download of knowledge that occurred through alignment. Mm. So this understanding of a certain download of genius through mind of God, if you would call it, or through the field of Veda, right? From the yogic perspective, knowledge, the boundless knowledge is structured in the infinite field of consciousness. What we know, what we call ideas, insights, theories, are that boundless knowledge expressed within certain boundary, mm. right? So that's an idea, a flash of, or that's insight that in this case, uh, the gentleman had, the founder. And so a lot of time people have access to that through proper preparation, through proper alignment, through proper practice. And sometimes the download that happens, can happen in some cases through immense suffering. Mm. Where the person reaches that point where there is nothing else left. And then they can open themselves up in that deepest state of apathy. A light can shine. Mm. And when that insight, this download occurs, it's not, it's an event. It's not something you can get to by thinking. So you know that something has profoundly shifted in you. Something has occurred in you. And there is an incredible power in that. 
and invariably in people around uh, throughout history who have had such experience of insight of downloading this you know kind of a clear clear message mm. from the infinite field it changes them and generates an energy when the person has certain sincerity with it when he or she without delay takes inspired action then always a, a powerful movement gets started and it always will impact a lot of people mm. you know whether you look at the you know teachings of buddha or you look at the any of these experiences that have happened it's always so so we realize that you know that's why in vedas the highest seat is given to saraswati she becomes the goddess of wisdom and so what does saraswati's job is she converts this boundless knowledge to knowledge contained that can be contained within this apparatus knowledge we can receive for knowledge to be received it has to be it has to have a context it has to have a boundary within it in this case this boundary knowledge being i if i share this my experience and connect with another human being healing can happen and so saraswati resides at that junction point of the boundless knowledge converting into knowledge within boundaries and when you plugged in to saraswati the insight happens and it is a very unique event it really changes you when that happens that doesn't mean that when you trace the timeline of it that it would not need innovation and it would not need uh, work on that always becomes the need after when you take that knowledge and stretch it in space time continuum because with time is change and so the need of the hour starts to alter mm. you know and so that is an important thing to realize because in we have vedas as shrutis but then we have smritis and then there is agamas it puranas itihasas tantras innovations exactly to support and to fulfill the need of the hour right that's mm-hmm. why our tradition is so huge it's not just one not one insight one insight is very powerful but we are talking about boundless field of knowledge the boundless field of knowledge is capable of delivering many different insights at different phases of our soul journey mm. which will serve us along the way if we remain stuck to that one insight and make the whole life about that then there can be conflict that mm. is a important distinction yes the one of the interesting characteristics of the of this particular congregation that formed around this particular insight this initial insight is that the the leaders or the founders decided that there would be no leaders because the seed idea was simply one person who had 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 the suffering of an alcoholic or addict of any kind would just be sharing their own experience with the other person it was 
quite different from many paths where there's a teacher or a master or a, a, a leader of some kind. They were very adamant from the very beginning and they said here in our community there would be no hierarchy. That anyone could sit in the circle as long as they had a desire to stop drinking or to stop the addictive behavior. So it's a very interesting setup that there was no leader there was just one person sharing their experience with another person or with a group of people in the circle. Interestingly, as I reflect on from, we're now 80, 80 plus years into this experiment, reflecting back, that decision was central and important to the, uh, the dissemination of this method at the same time, there was no training. There was no uh, movement towards excellence. There was no, uh, if you're going to be a leader or a sponsor for someone else and take them through the process, well, you would only learn to the extent of the person who was presenting it to you. That is to say that the consciousness of the sponsor presenting the information would be the delivery and the consciousness of the student receiving the information would be the reception of that. So it's interesting, on the one hand, we appreciate a lack of hierarchy. On the other hand, there's also a lack of training. So a lineage within this global community of people moving into recovery, lineages are formed around different ideas and different individuals who sim simply worked with a lot of people but never place them above themselves above those people. So uh, often I felt the need, I've reflected upon the need for an improvement in some of the ways that we pass information on and a review of some of the ideas that were very relevant in 1935 and perhaps need to be innovated upon or updated now. So these are some things. Could you reflect on those? Yeah, I think, you see, we cannot look at expressed knowledge as absolute. Right? If we look, start looking at an expressed knowledge as the absolute, then that knowledge is fragile. It becomes a opposition to progress, which has happened in many religious traditions also. Mm. In the knowledge expressed is being expressed within a certain location in space-time through a particular apparatus to a particular audience and it is to fulfill the needs of the hour of that time. The unexpressed knowledge is relevant throughout the time. But the expressed knowledge is limited by the time, by the space, by the tools of those, that expression, the individuals involved. And so even genius insight, when we are speaking about, it, has, it will have a certain glow to a certain, it will travel a certain distance, like an event. And that event will have a influence for a certain time. 
but then it will start to fade. And uh, in, if we want that event to continue, then we have to add new fuel. Yes, we cannot light the fire and of course the fire will reach a certain level of intensity and now we can gather around that fire and absorb its warmth and that's wonderful. But slowly it will start to fade. And you can be standing around it, but there is only embers left and slowly nothing is left. But we are all standing around it, so we are still benefiting because we are standing around together. So there is some heat is being shared. Mm -hmm. But the fire is not being enlivened again. And that is very, very important. To That is not the that you are throwing away. You are making the knowledge relevant for these times, fulfilling the need of the hour drawing on that same mind of God, on drawing on that same insights, but refining them for these times, for that has to happen in every stream of knowledge, whether it is to do with healing, whether it has to do with technology, whether it is to do with what we mean by politics and economy and all of that, it has to happen. Mm. And when we are speaking about leadership, the true leadership is of one of harmony, one of companionship. A true leader who will be effective in any circle is one who does not place himself above. Right? Mm. That is the only effective leader. And a leader who places himself or herself above his or her efficacy becomes very limited. So he or she can have followers, but might find the ability to influence total change very limited. People would ultimately not go the whole way with such a leader. So if we, so leadership and a sense of equal community can coexist. They are not exclusive to each other. So you can have circles, communities, where there is certain leadership roles, certain roles, and yet with proper understanding of having a deep sense of non-hierarchical uh, community, a mm -hmm. sense of uh, unity, a sense of you know, love and connection amongst all, while simultaneously having certain guiding individuals who are steering the group in a certain direction. Mm. And those individuals who are doing that, of course, are in them also learning and studying. So it's not a static leadership position, but rather what we call a sevak leader, like a Hanuman leader, a person who is deeply devoted to the very act of learning and expanding their consciousness, thereby gaining greater unity. Mm. So in our tradition, when we are speaking about the leadership role, it's not just about gathering power, gathering knowledge, no. It's about gaining access to the field of knowledge. When you're gaining access to the field of knowledge, then invariably, if that's truly happening, then it will be accompanied by a sense of opening of your heart, a sense of deeper inclusivity, mm. That's because love and knowledge are only separate from each other in ignorance. If you're truly moving in the direction of love, you will get knowledge. If you're truly moving in the direction of knowledge, you will get love. Mm. So true leadership 
has to invariably teach you how to have more expansive heart, more inclusive of everyone's individuality, their positions, and uh, any movement for it to keep growing and keep thriving, it requires adjusting to the need of the hour. It is Otherwise, you know, what, one, what we find, one of the things, why we find in many places we find in contemporary times, religions often are being, are kind of failing to fulfill their promise. Because that does, if you look at the original history of any religion, there were many people, countless people who were positively impacted by them. But then they did not grow a lot of time, did not adapt, did not new masters, new leaders did not emerge from within that. And so they became stagnant. And so we find often in the contemporary times, religions which were supposed to be a source of healing can be at conflict with a more open world, which is what is the need of the times is a more global view, a more inclusive view. With regards to understanding addiction from a broader perspective, in the beginning of this story, say in 1935, or, or going back in the history of humanity, we would see people who were engaged in such abject addiction that it was very clear that they were hurting themselves with a substance or a behavior. It was beyond a shadow of a doubt. Nobody had to guess. They themselves understood that they were in a problem that they didn't have a solution to. From the perspective of modern day recovery, we have often separated out a group of people from the rest of humanity. And this group of people are characterized by having this particular issue. So um, we could refer to them as people who struggle with addiction in one form or another in a big way. In the work that I've been doing over the last sort of 30 years or so since I became uh, interested in recovery and, and sought my own recovery, and my, my study and my, uh, my look into and an experience of yoga. I've started to see that in the scriptures, for example, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, we're talking about, I feel Patanjali describes in, in great detail addiction as being a part of the human condition from the perspective of attachment to belief attachment to desire, attachment to thought, attachment to emotion, that in, in point of fact, there's no human being that doesn't get past this uh, without having to go through the portal and to awaken from all of these attachments, which I could or one could refer to as addiction in a broader sense of addiction. I'm addicted to my way of thinking. I'm addicted to my belief system, et cetera, et cetera. So, I was wondering if you could speak about addiction from this broader perspective. Um, do you agree that it's something that is just part of the human condition? 
yes, not every human being may abuse themselves with a substance or a behavior to the extent that, say, I did. But we all seem to have to figure out a way to move beyond the illusion and the delusion of the mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think though, identifying for the, in the, in the broader sense, the identification with being an addict in the long term is not going to serve humanity. To look at that as that there is a certain tendencies underlying what is the underlying tendency behind the mind getting attached to certain behaviors and patterns of thinking the underlying what is the underlying search the underlying search is for connection is for bliss it's for and that's what yoga focuses on right that's what patanjali says yoga chittavritti nirodha and tada drashta vastana when the siya is not identified with the modifications in consciousness, then he or she starts to see his or her true nature and then ex begins to experience a certain level of greater inner joy. Mm. So the avidya is very much embedded within the very fabric of manifest reality. The, and avidya is not all bad, mm. right? Can you define that for yes. people who might not know? So there is different distinctions. So on the base level of avidya is a certain level of self-forgetfulness. Now, from the yogic perspective, if we do not forget <coughs> certain to a certain degree our cosmic identity, then the theater wouldn't go on, right? So like a, if an artist in the theater, you go, the actor has to to momentarily suspend disbelief in his own character. And so do the audience. The audience have to also momentarily suspend disbelief that in the whole theater, they have to invest in the theater as being real. Yes. Otherwise there would be no theater, right? So in the relative field of realities, which is the pulsation and there is the space time and then consciousness emerges within space time Again, space-time emerges from consciousness, then consciousness gets localized within space-time. Mm. In this whole process of localization of consciousness, there is a certain level of forgetfulness because there is time. And because time is there, forgetfulness will be there. And that forgetfulness is what gets the whole process of learning correctly and also learning incorrectly, misidentifying the meaning of life, or what would actually give us everlasting joy and how to face the lessons of life because it is the learning possibility. Mm. So there is naturally, because there is avidya, there is potential of incorrect understanding is very much strongly there within each and every individual where every individual can be engaged in self-sabotaging behavior from knowing kind of free for all they, because it's available in the buffet everyone is consuming it. it's just like whether it is what content you are consuming to what 
food you are consuming, to what kind of conversations you are having, to what kind of thoughts you are believing, you see? And so it, be it becomes a whole complex web where the individual, even though genuinely interested in being happy, is unconsciously creating their own suffering. Yeah. So there is a secret attachment to suffering that gets manifests as a byproduct of consciousness localizing in space-time, mm. right? For because there is relativity, and so if there is time, for there to be time, there has to be I don't know to I know. That's what gives us the arrow of time. If we only have knowing, there is no time at all. That's the mind of God. In mind of God, there is no time. <laughs> mm. And so I think in the broader understanding, and that's why the emphasis on having certain rituals, uh, a consistent practice, a certain intelligent design of your life, intentionality. Mm. And in the absence of that, then our vrittis, kleshas take over. Yeah, So that becomes where you are having self-sabotaging behavior, which is addicting. Yes. Right? It shows up where you are engaging in ways of thinking, modes of behavior, which are ultimately destructive to your inner peace, to your life, and to your loved ones. So whenever the vrittis take over, absolutely, this is a state of addiction. Thank you, that's, that's so helpful. <laughs>